Okay, so this is for Thursday of the portion of Vayilach. So God is talking to Moses, an introductory sentence, and then with Moses, God is actually conveying a message to Moses and to Joshua and to Joshua. So we're in chapter 31, verse 14. God spoke to Moses, Behold, your days are drawing near to die. Some in Yoshua, some in Joshua, and both of you shall stand by the Ohel Moi in the tent of meeting, and I will command him. So Moses and Joshua went and stood in the tent of meeting. Now Rashi here says, what does this mean, and I will command him? If we look in the following verses, God isn't commanding Joshua anything. So Rashi says, in this context, I will command him means I will encourage him. Because we see God encouraging Joshua, but not commanding him. Next verse. God appeared in the tent in a pillar of cloud, and a pillar of cloud stood by the entrance of the tent. Next verse. God said to Moses, Behold, you will lie with your forefathers, but this people will rise up and stray after God of those that are foreign to the land, in whose midst these people are coming. And the people will forsake me and will know my covenant that I've sealed with this people. The Rashi says is a very strange construction here. In Hebrew, it's Necher, Necher Haaretz, which Rashi explains means the people of the land, and which we literally translate it as that which is foreign to the land, meaning this is part of the phrase, the gods, Kael, Elokei, Necher Haaretz, the gods of that which is foreign to the land, meaning if the phrase was Kael Nechar, foreign god, that's a pretty common term in the scriptures to mean one of these idols, a foreign god, where foreign is modifying god. But here, foreign is not modifying god. Foreign is connected to the word of the land. Foreign of the land. So these are the gods of the foreign of the land. So we're actually saying, who's the foreign of the land? It means the people of the land. These are the gods, the idols served by the people the heathen nations in the land of Israel. So why are these nations called foreign of the land? They live there. Right. But since their fate was already sealed, since it was already decreed that they need to be expelled, so therefore, even though they're currently living there, they're already foreign to the land. Next verse. My anger will flare against them on that day. I will forsake them. I will conceal my face from them. They will become prey, and many evils and distresses will encounter them. They will say on that day, is it not because my God is not in my midst that these evils have encountered me? So on the words, I will conceal my face, Rashi says, as if I don't see their distress. Meaning the term concealment of the face of God means as if he's turning away from something because he doesn't care about it. Now obviously, of course, God never doesn't see and God never doesn't care. But it says, if he doesn't care, because if he cared, why would he allow all these horrible things to happen to us? Well, God cares. But God wants to bring the people to repentance. So it's as if he doesn't care, as if he's not paying attention, as if he turned away. So all these horrible things are happening to the Jewish people. So they're saying, I don't get it. God's not among me. That's why all this bad is happening. The next verse continues, but I will surely have concealed my face on that day. That phrase, I will surely conceal my face, Haster Aster, we're told is a reference to Esther in the Purim story. 
that was a time when God's face was concealed. We don't find the word God mentioned in the entire Megillah of Esther, the entire book of Esther. We never find God's name. God's there. God's doing a lot of manifest work, but in a very concealed fashion. So I should truly conceal my face on that day because of all the evil that they did. For they turned to the God of others. Last verse of today's portion. So now write this song for yourselves and teach it to the Jewish people, the children of Israel. Place it in their mouth so that this song shall be for me a witness against the children of Israel. So Rashi explains this song is actually the bulk of the next Torah portion, the next Parsha, which is Parsha's Ha'azinu. So the song of Parsha's Ha'azinu, which on one hand sort of retells the history or the future of the Jewish people, of the Jews straying from God, sinning, of their punishment, and of their ultimate return, and of God avenging all the wrongs that happened to them. This is the song of our people, and God is saying, now I want to already put it out there. So when things happen in the future, and they won't be like, huh, what's going on? Why is God doing this? I'm so clueless. God's saying, you're not clueless. I told you in the beginning, before you did anything wrong, I told you you would stray, and I told you exactly what would happen, and that's what's happening. But the end of that song is also true. You'll return to God. God will once again draw you close. And God will take vengeance for you, protect you, and defeat all of those enemies that have been working so hard to harm you over all these years. So that's also in the song. Both their sinning, their straying, the bad that will befall them, and their ultimate return to God and all the good that will come through their return to God.